0: Thank you for listening to this sermon from Hope Church, Toronto West. It is our prayer that through these audio sermons, you are challenged and transformed by the word of God, built up in love and faith, and drawn more to the person and work of Jesus Christ. We wanna remind you that these online resources are never meant to be a substitute for God's good plan for you to be present, connected, and serving in a local church under the care of qualified elders. If you live in the West Toronto area and are looking for a local church, we encourage you to come check out one of our Sunday services. Now, as you prepare your heart to receive God's word, we pray that his spirit would use the sermon powerfully in your life.
1: Well, Merry Christmas, church family. Good to be together. Uh, This week, a dear brother read a prayer to me and he read a prayer over me, and as he was reading this prayer, as he was praying this prayer, I was on the phone with him, my heart was led to our text of Scripture today, and it's a text of Scripture that captures what was a deep-growing burden in my heart for our church this Christmas season, and the burden was that we would somehow begin to grasp and comprehend the great love of Jesus Christ in the incarnation. I want to read you uh, the prayer that he prayed over me and read over me. It's on the screen for you. It's from a Puritan named David Clarkson. This is the prayer. He says, there is no sorrow like your sorrows, Lord. No love like your love. Was it not enough, dearest Savior, that you came down to pray and sigh and weep for us? Would you also bleed and die for us? Was it not enough that you were hated, slandered, blasphemed, and buffeted, but you would also be scourged, nailed, wounded, and crucified? Was it not enough to feel the cruelty of man she also experienced the wrath of God. Oh far-surpassing love of Christ! Heaven and, on earth, heaven and earth are astonished at it. What tongue can express it? What heart can conceive it? Oh, the height and the depth and the breadth and the length of the love of Christ. All creation knows not how to react. Our thoughts are swallowed up, and there they remain until glory elevates them, when our job will be to praise, admire, and adore this love of Christ. Amen. For the next few moments during this Christmas Eve uh, sermon, I want to ask that you would join me in praying this sermon as I preach this sermon, I will be praying this sermon and I want you to join me as God quickens your soul within your own heart to be praying this sermon, this text of scripture over our lives and our families and our church this Christmas season that we would conceive of, that we would begin to grasp the great love of Jesus Christ in the incarnation. So I want you to take your Bible please and go with me too. Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 19 is where we're going to be today. And if you don't have a Bible, I think our ushers will be ready with Bibles at the back. They can come and put a copy of God's Word into your hands. You can just put up your hand if you need a Bible. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 14 to 19 is where we're going to be And if you don't have a Bible, you can put up your hand. One of the ushers would love to put a copy of God's Word into your hand. If you don't own one, take that home. It's our gift to you. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says. In fact, what he prays. He says, for this reason, starting from verse 14, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness. Of God, This is a powerful prayer. And as I approach Christmas each year, I find myself so distracted so often. I find my heart so distant so often from the things that really should be resonating in my heart, the realities of Christmas. And I thought, how can we as a church begin to comprehend this meaning of Christmas, this reality of the Incarnation? And Paul begins to lay out a prayer that I believe leads us to a greater comprehension today, and I'm praying that this happens for us. So comprehending the love of the incarnation, that's what we want today. That's what we're going for today, a greater comprehension of the love of the incarnation. This Christmas, we must, this is point number one, we must be strengthened with power. If you're like me, you're distracted, you're thinking about all kinds of things, maybe even your mind is going to what's happening this evening or tomorrow, but I want to stop us right now and remind us that we need to be strengthened with power so that we can begin to comprehend the love of God. I want you to notice verses 14 to 16. The Apostle Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Let me give you a bit of the context here, and then we're going to move through this text. And by the end, I'm going to believe that God is going to strengthen us with power to comprehend the love of God in the incarnation. Up until this point in Ephesians 3, the Apostle Paul has been reminding the church in Ephesus of their identity in Jesus Christ their status as saved and redeemed and restored in Jesus Christ, and that they've received every single spiritual blessing in and through Jesus Christ. This is the context. He now begins to transition in verse 14 with a prayer for them that they would actually live in a way that's consistent with who they are in Jesus Christ and the power that lives within them through the Holy Spirit. And that's what we need this Christmas. We need to think in a way that's consistent with the reality of what's taking place. That God incarnate, Jesus Christ, he came to us. That this ought not to be a familiar uh, reality that we just think about so casually. But we need to be strengthened with power to comprehend it, the realities of our faith. So Paul says for this reason. And when he says in verse 14, for this reason, he's essentially saying because Jesus has come to dwell among us. That's what we're celebrating this Christmas, that God came to dwell among us He's saying, because we are now in Christ and Christ is in us, because we have received every spiritual blessing in Jesus Christ, because we are now alive in Jesus Christ, for this reason, he says, I bow my knees before the Father. I pray, I pray, I'm praying for something, Paul says. But what exactly is he praying for? What exactly should we be praying for today? Well, I want you to notice it in verses 14 to 16 again. Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. Here it is. Praying that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. And so he's praying that the church be strengthened with the power of the Holy Spirit according to the abundant riches and resources of God. And his end game, as we'll see, is that this power working within us grants to us a greater comprehension of the love of God and the love of Jesus Christ. When you hear that today, what do you think? That God loves you so much that he sent Jesus Christ When you think about Christmas what do you feel When you think about what was purchased through you Jesus for you Jesus was born so that he would die so that he would purchase our redemption when you think about that what do you feel Well we're praying today with Paul that we would be strengthened with power the power of the Holy Spirit to comprehend the love of Christ, because I don't know about you, but maybe this will surprise you. Every Christmas, I find myself wrestling in my own heart, particularly as a preacher, because I know the story, and many of you know the story, too. In fact, I've known the story since I was a very little boy, I I don't just know the story. I I believe the story of Christmas. I've been transformed by the story of Christmas. The story of Christmas has given purpose and meaning to my life. It's determined my vocation. It's determined how I raise my children. It's determined how I live my life, how I spend the money that God has entrusted to me. This story, this story of God coming to us, I, I know it very well, and with that familiarity, sometimes and very often comes this wrestling in my heart that I don't appreciate it the way I ought. I know about the redemptive purpose of God from eternity past to send Jesus into the world. That's remarkable in and of itself. I know about the sovereign and providential working of God through hundreds of years of history to preserve the lineage of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob leading to the Christ. I understand that biblical theology that should blow me away, but so often leaves me just a little bit too apathetic. I know about the precision of the Old Testament prophets hundreds of years before the advent of Jesus Christ. I know about the irrefutable credibility and the miraculous nature of this book that I hold in my hands, describing every detail leading to the birth of Jesus Christ. I know about the miraculous conception I know about Caesar Augustus and his decree and the census. I know about the trip to Bethlehem. I know about the no vacancy signs in the inns in Bethlehem. I I know about the star and the angelic host and the magi and the manger and Herod's murderous plot and God's unstoppable protection of the child. I, I know all of this. Maybe you know all of this too. Yet I wrestle within, because far too many Christmases go by without the awe and amazement and worship that must be garnered in my life. I'm sitting here over to the side, and as we're singing, oh, come, let us adore him. I'm thinking, why? Why are we not exploding with worship? I'm sitting here, what's wrong with my heart? And and I know we all have things that we're dealing with, and I know so many of us are distracted, and I know even some of us are coming here because someone invited you, and you're not even sure what I'm talking about, but as we're singing, oh, come, let us adore him. God came from heaven to earth, and he came to live a perfect life and to die a death that he did not deserve, a death that I deserved, to pay the penalty for my sin. And he was raised to life so that we who deserve death could have a new life. And so when we come around to sing a song like, oh, come, let us adore him, why aren't we shouting? Well, it's because we need to be strengthened with power to comprehend this love strengthened with power through his spirit, according to the riches and resources of God, the abundant, unlimited resources of God, to really comprehend all of this. And far too many Christmases go by. I just haven't gotten to that place of deep comprehension of what it means that God became a man. 100% God, 100% man, he came for me. So we need to be praying throughout this sermon that God would strengthen us with power. Comprehending the love of the incarnation, this Christmas we must be strengthened with power. Secondly, this Christmas we must be, you can note this, obedient to Christ, obedient to Christ. Notice verse 17, I'll start reading from verse 14. He says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. Here it is, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now here, Paul begins to give The reasons why we need to be strengthened with power, it's so that Christ can, he says, dwell in our hearts through faith, which will produce a greater comprehension of his love as we're going to see it. Now, the idea here is not that Christ would dwell in our hearts through saving faith. That's not what Paul is talking about here. That needs to happen, but that's not what Paul is talking about here because he's already acknowledged that this church has already uh, received the grace of Jesus Christ by faith, Instead, Paul is praying for a a divine strength to live a life of total submission to Christ so that his influence would reign in our hearts. His influence would dwell in our hearts. Because one of the greatest hindrances to knowing more fully the love of Jesus Christ for us this Christmas will be a heart that is walking in disobedience. And so he prays that we would be strengthened with power so that we can be indwelt, influenced by the presence of Christ. and He's influencing, he's dwelling in our hearts by way of an influence that that we surrender to, we submit to. Now, let me just stop right here for a moment because some of us in this room perhaps are not living in such a way that is surrendered to Christ and therefore his influence is not dwelling in our hearts the way it should. And one of the sure ways we can block a comprehension of this love and hinder our fellowship with our God is by walking in disobedience. So here's a question for you. Could it be that the only thing standing in the way of all that God has for you this Christmas is your own refusal to surrender all that you are and all that you have to Christ? so that his presence would dwell in our hearts, would dwell in your heart, would influence your heart. The doctrine of the incarnation, it's profound, but here's a question. Is it, is it dry to you? The reality that Jesus came to dwell among us, it's, is it too familiar to you? The reality that God loves you, is that a distant, abstract idea to you? Today, is your heart distracted from what truly matters? Perhaps it's because Christ is not dwelling, influencing, filling our hearts the way he so desires because there are parts of our hearts that are in disobedience to him. That we hold back, that we withdraw, that we say, You can have this part, but you can't have this part. John Piper once said, a quote that I've read to you many times was so powerful. He said, If you don't feel strong desires for the manifestation of the glory of God, it's not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. He says, It is because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Your soul is stuffed with small things, and there is no room for the great. So we're praying that we would be strengthened with power, the power of the Holy Spirit, so that Christ would dwell in our hearts, so that we would live in submission and and surrender to him so that his influence overwhelms our lives, so that then we can begin to experience and begin to grasp and begin to comprehend maybe like never before, today, this Christmas Eve, tomorrow, Christmas Day, and forever, the magnitude of Christ's love for us. He loves us. He loves us so much. So comprehending the love of the incarnation. This Christmas, we must be, we long to be strengthened with power. We must be, we long to be obedient to Christ. Finally this. This Christmas, we must be rooted then in love. Rooted in love. Look at the second part of verse 17, but I'll start reading from verse 14. Paul says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Watch this now. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may then have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. This is it. This is what we want. This is what we desire. We want to be filled with the fullness of God. We want to have a a, a good comprehension, a, a grasp on the love of God. This is what we're going for this Christmas. This is what the progression of Paul's thought is leading to. So notice the progression then. We need the Holy Spirit to strengthen our hearts with power so that we can submit every part of our lives to Jesus Christ. So that the more we begin to live in submission to Jesus Christ, The more our lives can take root in the life-giving soil of his love, and the more our lives take root in his love, the more we will be empowered to comprehend the incomprehensible love of Christ. Did you notice that? That he's praying that we be strengthened, that Christ dwell in our hearts, so that we could be rooted in love, so that we can then begin to comprehend that which is incomprehensible. It's remarkable. But this is what we're trying to get our hearts around this Christmas. Look at verses 17 to 19 again. He says it this way, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ. I pray for you to know the love of Christ. And here's the truth, loved ones. The world needs to know the love of God in Christ this Christmas. You need to know the love of God in Christ this Christmas. A couple weeks ago, at the beginning of this series, I shared with you about a powerful experience that I had. You remember what I shared? I was invited into the unit of one of the seniors that we'd been ministering to through Reach the City. I shared my experience with you. I shared with you about the unlivable conditions that I saw in one particular unit. I shared with you about what I saw and what I smelled and the urine and the feces on the floor that literally sent me running outside of the unit. Otherwise, I would have vomited. I remember I shared that with you. And I shared with you about the profound and tangible illustration that was for me, the realization that this is how God sees my sin, filthy, disgusting, and this is what he did. He came down to me, just like we're trying to go to reach these people, and and then, but he came down to us, but he didn't run away like I did out of that unit. No, he came and he dwelt among us in the midst of our filth, in the midst of our smells, in the midst of our sin. It's a very powerful moment for me. Since then, um, some dear people from our church went back to the unit. i was so blessed to hear this. Some brothers went and they bathed that man. They cleaned him up. They loved him. They cared for him. Last week, I received a call that this same man had fallen and was found unable to move or speak in his unit. He was then taken to the hospital where one of our volunteers went and visited with him. The report that I got was that he was clean and safe and being cared for in a beautiful room. Well, on Thursday at 8.42 a.m. this in the morning, I got a text message saying that this precious elderly man had passed away peacefully that morning in the hospital. The end of the text message from a dear brother said, I'm so thankful to the Lord that he had such loving care at the end. God provided. I heard that this man professed faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm told that after many moments of ministering the gospel to him a while back, he was found blasting country hymns in his unit. Why am I sharing this again? As I think about this one situation, and there's many more situations. There's many more hundreds and hundreds of situations like this. But As I think about this one situation, I'm struck by a few things. First. The world needs to know the love of Jesus Christ. Secondly, the only way the world can know the love of Jesus Christ is if Christians are awakened out of a spiritual slumber and increasingly being strengthened with power that Christ may dwell in their hearts, that they, being rooted and grounded in love, can begin to comprehend the breadth and the length and the height and the depth of the love of Christ because it's only when we are struck by His love that we can go to this world that needs His love and share it. And one of the most powerful things about this situation was the impact of one particular brother upon my life, seeing his love for this man, seeing his comprehension of the love of God. I remember I shared with you when I was in that unit and I I ran out because I was going to throw up five seconds in there. I couldn't stay. I ran out and then as we walked out, I shared this with you, we walked out of the building and this brother started to cry. You Remember I shared that with you? He said, that's how God views my sin. This is a man, he, he understands the love of Christ. And as I Stand here to preach to you on Christmas Eve. I see how little I comprehend his love in my life. And that little bit of comprehension that I have, that that prayer that I need, that strength that I need, so that it's so significant because I need to share with others and so do you. But we don't go to... Filthy units and bathe elderly men who are abandoned by society when we're not compelled by the love of Christ. We don't do those things. We don't share the gospel of Jesus Christ such that we watch a man pass from this life into the next having professed faith in Christ. That wouldn't have happened if there wasn't some people that were able to say, Jesus, you viewed my sin as filthy as this man's apartment. You came to me. I must go to him. And so I'm struck. And I'm struck by God's great love for sinners. Forgotten senior citizens and rebellious teenagers and businessmen and women and teachers and lawyers and homeless people and addicted people and self-righteous church attenders and you and me. God loves us so much that he sent Jesus Christ. And what I desire for my life and what I desire today is that somehow God would strengthen us with power by his spirit so that Christ could dwell in our hearts. We lay everything down before him. We submit everything to him so that we could be rooted and grounded in his love, so that as we're rooted and grounded in his love, we can then begin to comprehend, put a grasp, that which is ungraspable, that which is incomprehensible, but we can get our arms a little bit more around the love of Christ. That's what I want to be this Christmas. Grasping a little bit more the love of Jesus and sending his son, the love of God and sending his son, Jesus. The love of Jesus for me. And so I want to stop for a moment and pray. The worship team is going to come. And I want to pray for you and I want you to pray for me and I want you to pray for the people around you and I want you to pray for your own heart. That somehow, by the power of God, we would have a greater comprehension of His love. Now, this is an important moment. You can bow your heads right now where you are. It's an important moment, not just for Christians in this room, to begin to comprehend even more the love of Jesus Christ in the Incarnation. But this is an important moment for maybe some in the room who have never, ever trusted Jesus Christ to be their Savior. Do you know I'm praying for you? If you're here today and you've been rebelling or you've been distant or you've been maybe never been to church before or whatever your situation is and you're sitting here today and you're saying, I don't know Jesus. I'm praying for you that you would be struck, that you would be filled with power, that God would stir your affections, that you would see that as a sinner, we all are sinners, you need grace and you need love. And you can find it because God sent Jesus. And if there's people here and you feel like you've gone too far, if you've done too many bad things or you've sinned, one too many times or you've crossed the line or that thing that you're engaged in or that thought process in your mind if anyone knew it surely God can't accept me i want you to know that because of jesus christ and his grace you can come to him and find forgiveness so if you're here today and you're broken and wounded and weak and lost I want to encourage you to come to Jesus Christ in faith and repentance. If you're here today and you've been a Christian for a long time, but you've lost your awe, I encourage you as well to come to Jesus Christ with this prayer. Lord, fill me, strengthen me with power that I would comprehend your love. So Lord, I pray that for these people in this room, Lord, we pray in a few moments we're going to leave this place and we're going to go and do different things. I pray this moment would be meaningful for even if there's just one person here that needs to come to you by faith, repentance, turning from their sin, putting their trust in you. Lord, I pray for the Christians in the room that are weary and and wounded and feel just so tired by the conditions of the world and the society and just so discouraged and maybe lost their awe. Would we pray today you fill us with that? So do that, Lord, in us and through us. We trust that you will. In Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen.
0: For more resources and information about Hope Church Toronto West, please visit hopechurchtw.ca.